Hey, hey D&D, D&D fam. fam. I'm Quick. And I'm Lee. And you're listening to Divas, Divas and Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep. But to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for ducats, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Ducats is for edutainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 (laughs) or 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinions, y'all. Okay, Divas, let's talk Ducats. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, how are you? How's everyone? Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back, Dandy fam. As we continue this COVID summer, we are (laughs) glad to have you here. Uh, We hope everyone is well. We have a busy diva docket as usual. Mm -hmm. Today, we wanted to be on par with the environment that we are currently in with the pandemic and everything going on. And so we're going to be talking about investing during a pandemic. Yes. All those things that you can do, whether you have a little extra coin or you need some extra coins, we're just going to talk to an expert because, you know, we don't believe in talking (laughs) these things by ourselves. So we have a subject matter expert in here today, Mr. A.J. Gladney. Hey. Hey. How y'all doing? (laughs) You may remember him as a previous boss bag in previous episodes. So we had to get him in and mic'd up so we can pick his brain a little bit on some yes, things. Yes, we are very glad. I think he was like our second boss base, so we're excited yeah. to have him. He's here for our All right, but first, Quick is going to recognize this episode's boss base. Well, as you guys know, we feature our boss bays here on Divas and Ducats, and our boss bays are people that are doing their things and in the community. We love to feature our small business owners, our small minority business owners, um, and just get their names out there, making sure that we are supporting them as they are in their journeys, and like I said, making sure that you know you guys are aware of all the people that are doing great things in the community. So, today's featured boss bay is Anitra Clausen Jetter, and she is the owner and CEO of Airy Curves, LLC. Airy Curves embellishes today's busy, curvy woman with apparel that is comfortable, classy, fashionable, and effortless. Anitra is committed to providing quality, fashionable, and affordable fashion and accessories aimed at embellishing beautiful curves inside and out. Um, She definitely has apparel for those plus-size females out there, those ones with curves. She has it to be able to fit your body. So you can be able to see a lot of her product online on Instagram at Airy Curves, on Facebook at Airy Curves LLC, and her website is www.airycurves.com. And as always, we will have her information in the show notes. Yes, ma'am. So, Miss Anitra. We say, hey, bae. All right, so let's get into it. Today, as I said, we have AJ Gladney here, and I, he, you know, does so well at introducing himself. <laughs> so I will just quickly say that AJ is a financial advisor with New York Life, and all those series that we say we let you know we don't have them, AJ he has the knowledge. Okay, <laughs> so I, without further ado, we just want to welcome you and thank welcome, you for welcome, being welcome. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I did get my Series 7, so I did. Look at you. Yes, and we claimed it. We claimed it. Yes, we did. Write the vision. Make it play. All right. So, AJ, like I said, you do so well introducing yourself. So, just tell us what, in your own words, what do you do and how did you get into doing it? Oh, man. What do I do? So, I do financial planning, goal-based financial planning, and that is taking a look at where you are financially. Um, where do you want to be, and then how can we build in the proper strategies and options to get you there? Okay. Um, so it's a holistic approach. It's not just a, a one sit down and that's it. It's mm-hmm. more so year by year, how are we looking? Let's measure mm-hmm. these goals, make sure we're not missing any marks. Um, and I got into it sort of, uh, 
I was I was blessed into it. It was okay. it was kind of random almost, but I kind of took it back. Um, my mom, uh, single parent household, of course, growing up. So out of survival, she taught me how to pay bills. Mm. You know, until I was thirteen years old, I knew how to write a check, bounce a checkbook. I knew about debits and credits. I knew about all that good stuff. Wow. Um, and then she showed me credit at around age 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, she had bought me a credit card when I might have been 10 or 11. Okay. Walmart credit card uh, way mm-hmm. back in the day. <laughs> and from that, you know, she showed me how you have to pay bills on time, what it means if you Go don't, mom. how it affects your score. And she gave me my first car when I was 16, and I bought my first car 18 with a loan on my own. Like, wow. working at Zaxby's and McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> like, no lie. Wow. So, that was the foundation of it and then coming my stepdad I met him at 21 mm-hmm. um, and he's a self-made entrepreneur uh, he taught me about IRAs compound interest paying yourself first he got me my first book called Automatic Millionaire I still have to this day um, by David Bach I believe B-A-C-H okay. and yeah so that was my introduction into the the uh, investment game from a security standpoint investment mm-hmm. standpoint and so I did get a Roth IRA when I was 21, 22 so I had my own advisor mm-hmm. you know did not <laughs> yeah. take it serious was definitely playing around with it taking money in and out mm-hmm. but to be introduced to it at that age yeah. Yeah. and that was during the time when I was trying to learn how to make money so mm-hmm. I was an entrepreneur by heart so I was a barber at one point in time mm-hmm. um, I had my own catering company I was a real estate agent wow okay. I had my own uh, automotive <laughs> custom material company failed all I failed them all now don't get me wrong I failed <laughs> it just matter. you tried yeah I, I had, I had you plenty of jobs it. I love it though that come for always working it's mm-hmm. all I ever did and so once I got to where you know I understood my gifts and talent mm-hmm. and went back to school to get a degree that was on that line of accounting. Mm-hmm. Then I got laid off the year I graduated, or the month I graduated, I got laid off and moved to Charlotte and started mm-hmm. working um, for Robert Half doing contract work, okay. MPAR work. And then I got a, a LinkedIn message from one of the partners at New York Life. Wow. I said, New York Life? Nah, I ain't selling no insurance. Now, y'all crazy. <laughs> I ain't selling it anyway <laughs> on top of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I ignored it, and then one of the partners called me the next week, and we had a conversation. I went in for an interview, and it was... From there. Been, oh, he said, listen, if I can show you how to build your own financial planning practice, would you come? I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. That's mm-hmm. it. Oh, so that is are. so awesome. <laughs> right. I love it when parents just build up their kids. Yeah, to learn right. because that shout out so, mama. Yeah, yeah shout out I mean, mama. Because that's just not necessarily common, especially in like in certain minority communities. Mm-hmm. You don't really talk about money. Nah. And so you learn by messing up your money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what are, I guess, for people who are getting started or even just people who are dabbling now, what are a few of the most important things you wish people knew about investing? So, you use an interesting word, dabbling. (laughs) That is a very interesting word. So, investing is not trading. Okay. Trading is trading. That's you want to buy something today, sell it tomorrow. You might sell it today if the price is right, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you're going to sell it probably that week. So, trading is a form of an investment, but it's not investing. Okay. When you're investing, think of it as a house. If you buy a house today, close on it, you're not going to sell it tomorrow. Right. You're trying to keep it and hold on to it. Mm-hmm. You're trying to turn it into a home. Right. You know, you want to do, you want to add furniture, maybe some renovations. Mm-hmm. You're going to hold on to it for a while. You may rent it out at some point in time. Mm-hmm. You may sell it. It may be a second home, but you've invested that time into it. You're not looking to sell out anytime soon. So you want to build it up mm-hmm. over time. So that's what investing is. It's, it's a buy and hold strategy. It's not buying today and get rid of it tomorrow. It's long term. Long term. You got to think long term. Okay. Uh, and also, you got to look at it as a pie. So we break it down to percentages, mm-hmm. right? Your, your portfolio. If you have a portfolio of 100%, what section of that do you want to break off for? maybe trading or maybe long-term investment. So let's say 10% of your portfolio, you want to have cash. Mm-hmm. That could be a checking account, savings, uh, brokerage account, CDs, anything that's fairly liquid that you can access that money, mm-hmm. right? And let's say you want to do 70% stock market-based. Mm-hmm. Out of that 70%, you might have 10% that's just trading. You want to go have fun and trade money back and forth all day long. Cool. You might do 30% in your 401k. Another 30% to a form of IRA. Mm-hmm. That total is 70% in the market. Right. But it's just doing something different. Mm-hmm. And then you might have the other, what, um, 20% in guaranteed money. Money mm-hmm. that I know that down the line is going to be there. Not really worried about it. I'll use it when I need it. Mm-hmm. So those are another, another thing you want to think about when you're looking at investments. And is, that would be different from savings. 
the guarantee money. It could be. Okay. It could be. <laughs> so the guarantee only means that you're going to get guaranteed growth and you're going to get probably more than you would get in a traditional savings gotcha. account. You would get more than that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also, everyone won't look the same. So what I do, you two may not do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not right or wrong. It's just a personal preference. So take advice, um, but understand at some point in time when you implement it, it's going to look different than someone else. You can't always compare mm-hmm. what the next man had. You don't know what they already had starting out. Some people have bigger runways. Mm-hmm. Some people start from zero. Right, so right, it's right. So uh, different. So mm-hmm. when a client comes into you, like, how do you test their temperament for what those buckets in the pie will look like? So we do a fact finds, what I call it. So I go through what are your short-term, intermediate, long-term financial goals. Mm-hmm. What do you have going on right now? Okay, how long have you been doing that? How do you feel about certain aspects of the market and investments? You know, the money you're going to give me is the money you care about. Mm-hmm. Money that if I call you next month and say, look, we lost 20%, 30%, how you right, feel about right, that? Right, right. <laughs> so based on how you answer the question, I'm going to know where to kind of steer you towards. And we can always progress mm-hmm. further up as mm-hmm. you get comfortable. It's going to be a good starting point. Right. Because as you have more money, as you get more comfortable, we can take other lanes mm-hmm. in the plan. Yeah. And I think that's what's so beautiful about financial investing. It's, it's fluid. Mm-hmm. June was National Home Ownership Month. So mm-hmm. what investment tools or strategies, what would you tell maybe homeowners to consider in the current, current climate? Because I know you mentioned thinking of investing as, you know, building a home. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. some people may have a home, not quite know what the advantages of that or things like that. So what would you say? For buying a home, mm-hmm. um, you need to be liquid somewhere. Um, so when I bought mine in 2015, my mom told me, all right now. It's your first home. Mm-hmm. You need A, B, C, D. Oh, I got you, Mom. Good. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, we straight, we straight. You need to have some liquid cash mm-hmm. on hand that's just for the house. Yes. Like, you need that. You need, and my house is a brand new build, and mm-hmm. I still needed money to furnish, buy all kind of tools for the, mm-hmm. for the yard. And, mm-hmm. man, listen. It so, adds up so quick. Yeah. <laughs> Even though saving money, I'm getting the feel nowadays isn't, uh, I guess, as respected. It's mm-hmm. very much so needed in the portfolio because you need to have access to some money somewhere. Mm-hmm. Everything can't be going in one direction. So when you're looking at buying a house and properties and all that, yeah, get you some money saved up. Stack mm-hmm. up about ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, 15, 20,000, whatever you need mm-hmm. to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so there's always the argument that, well, buying a house isn't for everyone and it's better to rent, but we know that, you know, one of the biggest and best investments that you could ever have is real estate. Right. So, like, what what do you say to people that say that? It depends on how it's structured. Mm-hmm. So maybe I buy a family home mm-hmm. and I pay it off. My kids don't want to own a home. They can rent my home. Mm-hmm. But the money they spend goes back into the pot yep. for the family. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you can structure that for your, your family, then, yeah, make that happen. Mm-hmm. Let them rent. You mm-hmm. know, hire someone to come do the yard work or whatever it is you want to do because you don't want to maintain it. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong with that. Right. But to say that you shouldn't do it. I'm never of the school of you shouldn't do something because okay. everyone is just different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Different shows, different folks. Yeah, that's that's good information. I also um, have recently learned about, like someone was talking about when you get the scholarships for like housing, for mm-hmm. college, um, that you could put that towards, you, like you were saying, buy a rental property mm-hmm. and your child is using the scholarship because they're paying for housing, mm-hmm. but get a rental property they're using it in that and it's going back into y'all pocket there you go. <laughs> right so there's just yeah. all kinds of ways to make it work mm-hmm. for you and build your wealth while you're doing mm-hmm. it and I yeah. definitely say you can only own a home for the first time one time mm-hmm. right. so why not take advantage of the first time home buyers great right. as free at the money. very least right, right. Yeah. <laughs> North Carolina shout out they gave me $8,000 right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty good so for those who, like you were saying, saving maybe isn't as respected for whatever reason in the mm-hmm. industry. So for those who are hunkering down or they may not be able to take advantage of investing or buy, buying low, as they say it, what would you or what consideration should people make in, the, in terms of investing versus hunkering down? Like, how do you know mm-hmm. which you should be doing? They need to look at how they feel psychologically and financially. You okay. have to be psychologically ready mm-hmm. to invest and financially able to mm-hmm. invest. Um, because you can have the money, but then psychologically you can't stand to take any losses. Or t- can't mm-hmm. stand to be 
too volatile mm-hmm. in your in the market, or you may be mentally ready mm-hmm. and don't have the money. Yeah. So assess where you are and and just figure out what piece of what I have do I not mind um, putting in a vehicle to grow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So some people like uh, buy property, yeah. you know, bonds, stocks. Um, what are the benefits and setbacks each? Because, you know, you structure your money markets, you structure your 401ks, um, which sometimes can be overwhelming. They're like, well, how do you want it? Do you want it to aggressive? Do you want it? But, like, structuring those kind of things, what are the benefits and kind of some of the setbacks? Because there can be setbacks to buying property. You can lose value in it um, to, to each of those. So buying property in the, in the down market, mm-hmm. the good thing about it is you're building a portfolio of an asset. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get your asset, hold on to it long term. It's going to grow and appreciate for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the downside is, again, if you don't have the money to maintain that property or pay those taxes or furnish mm-hmm. it or whatever the case may be, um, this may be your second property. So, you know what? I, I live here, but I want to invest in this property over there. Right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Renovations, right. all that costs. And who knows when you're going to sell that house? Mm-hmm. You may put thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 into it, and it sits for like three, four, five years. Right. Do you want to hold that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when, when it comes to bonds, you know, buying bonds is just a way to preserve your capital and your investment. You know, when the market goes down, you want to sell out as high as you can mm-hmm. and stuff it into a bond for capital preservation for the most part. So this year when the pandemic really hit around March, April, mm-hmm. bonds were at, they were flying out the shelves. Mm-hmm. Everyone's trying to buy it. Anyone yeah. with money that they wanted to save, they mm-hmm. took it out, put into a bond. But what that also does is as a downturn is that it lowers your yield. Mm-hmm. So when everyone flows in at once, mm-hmm. it lowers the earning potential of the bond market because okay. everyone's going into it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the flip side to that in the stock in the stocks if you want to buy stocks in a downturn mm-hmm. great you're mm-hmm. buying a asset that's going to appreciate at some right. point in time right, right, right. but how risky do you want to be in that because you don't know if that stock will or will not bounce back mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. amc was a buzz for a while uh one of these cruise lines was a buzz for a while mm-hmm. it was an article either in forbes or the new york post where they say right now the trading market is like one of the all-time highs because the younger generation are just all buying mm-hmm, stocks mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. randomly. But they have no no direction on it, if it makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I know this stock is low. Right. And you've been told to buy low, sell high. Right. But what's the likelihood of this stock even bouncing back right. based mm-hmm. on the economy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, are theaters really a thing to bounce back from? When yeah. the cruise ships <laughs> and Disney bounce back. Mm-hmm. Disney, I'm sure, will bounce back. But understanding that if I'm going to dump money into this stock, the flip side is I may lose everything I got in that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's good to buy low and sell high, but you got almost got to get lucky sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and what are, is it kind of guesswork? Like, what are some of the things when you're saying, like, is it likely to bounce back? Because it's not gotcha. guaranteed, but, like, how do you, I don't know, how do you even know or research, like, what? The what historical, like? yes. yeah. So, so this is where an advisor charges you his, his fee right, to right, do right, all right. of his work. Right. <laughs> we got to do the research. You say you got to do research. You got to read up on the company history, mm-hmm. past and present. You know, then look at the economy from a 30-foot view. All right, what do I see it could be changing from an AI standpoint? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, was uh artificial mm-hmm, intelligence mm-hmm. maybe we're going to have more deliveries with uber and, mm-hmm, and lyft mm-hmm. and uber eats so what is changing worldwide that if i buy a stock today i need it to benefit 20 years right. down the road mm-hmm. um and when you look at the companies look at their structure as far as are they partnering up with anyone is there any kind of ability to merge mm-hmm. somewhere in the market because mm-hmm. amazon is great for doing that they yes. will buy something up merge with it and make it their own absolutely i'm not mad at it <laughs> so it, 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 you you, you got to do your research in the market that you're in mm-hmm. the company itself where you see it going have belief in it mm-hmm. and get lucky a little bit like right. okay and you can't think about it. You can't go looking at it every other day, every mm, other month. This, right. is none, this is none of your business. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the way you just looked at Leave me. Leave it alone. Leave <laughs> it alone. But don't just buy one, two, three, or four. I've seen it a lot over the last six months. Like I bought five shares here, mm-hmm. seven shares here. If we do the math, I like math because math does not lie. Mm-hmm. Numbers don't lie. It does not. If I bought a stock at $50 mm-hmm. and the normal is 100 and let's say it's a pandemic is down. Mm-hmm. Pandemic's over with, we're back open, it goes back to 100. Mm-hmm. You just earn $50, mm-hmm. called an unrealized gain. Mm-hmm. Had you spent $5,000 and bought 100 shares, 
that grew from that doubled from five thousand to ten thousand. Right. Had you spent fifty thousand dollars and bought a thousand shares? Come on now, though. But we in the pandemic. I ain't got fifty thousand. But you don't. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Either you're gonna buy into it all at one time, right. or mm-hmm. buy it over time. Right. So you don't want to stop doing it. You got to treat it like a bill. Every mm-hmm. I'm putting something into it. Mm-hmm. Drop something in there. Put something on it. Put something <laughs> on it. Because eventually it's going to reach a thousand shares. Right. Right. That's right. The growth will come. That from. is very true, and that's a very good point. Because I think people feel like, oh, if I don't get all of it right now, yeah. especially with the way that the yeah, rates are changing yeah. mm-hmm. like okay you might get one of them at seven dollars and one of them at thirteen dollars it's still yeah. cheaper than the fifty dollars and for those out there it's called dollar cost averaging that's right what that is so oh, yeah okay. that's Good. awesome word. Okay. <laughs> and i think just to piggyback on what quick was saying like a lot of times when you don't have that you know liquid capital mm-hmm. or as much to just take advantage of a time like this or go do something sexy like oh I got 50,000 to just (laughs) you know it kind of feels like I don't even know what to do Mm -hmm. so for someone who just is not in a position to do that right now like what are things that they can do to prepare for downturns to come because we know economy ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. again gotta be liquid because if you were liquid between March and now, you could have dumped 50K somewhere, yeah. 10K somewhere, mm-hmm. and bought it at a real low, and it could have been a good value buy. And mm-hmm. now you're going to sit there and cheer and ride it out. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be ready financially to make those purchases and to, you know, take advantage. Mm-hmm. I think there's a saying that the wealth get rich mm-hmm. in, in a bad economy because they got mm-hmm. the money right. to go do something. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got to have the money. And, and, and speaking of that, I think that also ties into what you were saying earlier, which makes me question it because you were saying you have to be liquid. But when you were talking about the pie, the liquid part seemed to be so small versus what was in stocks, what was in your right. 401k, you mm-hmm. know, things you had to be penalized to pull money out of. Mm-hmm. How do you build up, build up the liquid in a time when it's not, I guess low. Gotcha. So the earlier scenario was just a, a blank number, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But you want to have a plan that allows you to adjust. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe we do 10% today, but mm-hmm. yeah, we want to do 30% over the next eight, nine months. Right. Cool, mm-hmm. let's do that. So we can always adjust plans if they're built properly. Mm-hmm. You just want to have a set amount going in no matter what. Right. And mm-hmm. adjust up from there. Yeah. And that and Leandra was actually the one who had me start doing auto drafts. And I mean, yeah. I knew about them, but I just, you know, <laughs> so mm. controlling. But I like to just physically take out my money. But like auto drafts, now I'm like, well, wow. Like you don't even think about it. Like put it into an online savings account somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, just making sure that you're doing something every month and then you start not to miss that money. You start you to adjust yeah. like you no, don't I have it. I wasn't just that, you know, guru like, yeah, you just auto draft. I was like, yeah. the way I'm set up right. is I don't need to see that money. <laughs> right. So it yeah. needs to already go to where it's going to go, uh-huh. savings or whatever, yep. and then this is what I have left. Right. So. <laughs> and see, I was just the opposite. Like, I I like to have everything, but when I started doing the auto draft, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. So the importance in that is that it builds consistency. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what investing is. you got to mm-hmm. be consistent in it. And once you build that type of consistency where you don't mind putting money away, right. wherever, wherever it's going, right. then mm-hmm. you'll let it do what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. makes it a lot easier to build out a good, solid plan. Yeah. yeah. And you were saying that when she first asked the question of, of, well, how do you know about stocks? He was like, that's what you pay your financial advisor for. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know, how do y'all make your money? Like, how does <sighs> that... A lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, let's use the manage money side. Okay. So, I would charge a fee to manage someone's portfolio, mm-hmm. all right? Um, and they would, that fee would give them access to me from an advisory standpoint. Um, they would... They could not pay a fee mm-hmm. and not have as much access to me and do their own research, okay. which I'm... Do you? Do you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fees are based on a lot of times you can have commission fees, you can have uh, advisory fees, you can have assets under management fees. It can be very detailed, mm-hmm. but the probably the most important one is what am I paying you to watch my money or advise my money? Mm-hmm. Right. And can I call you when I need to for mm-hmm. questions and what does that look like from a relationship standpoint? Mm-hmm. Now, do those fees, are they based upon the size of a person's so, portfolio? They can be adjusted based okay. on how much money you have. Okay. Uh, usually the more money you have, then the advisors usually kind of cut you a, a, a deal on okay. the rate because mm. you have a lot of money that he's... So that if you're building with. from ground zero, you're like, look, I got to yeah, do a lot of work here. 
I got to treat you the same way I would treat right. the other individuals. Right. So I got to balance it out somewhere. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's fair. So, and I guess, okay, the fee part, is that up front or is that mm-hmm. like if you, I don't make money unless you so, make money? Like, how nah, is nah, that? No, 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 no. So let's say you come in for an appointment, right? And I mm-hmm. say, listen, to get me out the house, I need a check for like $1,200 mm-hmm. to have a conversation. We'll do a plan. Mm-hmm. If you don't take it, I make my money. Mm-hmm. If you do take it, I may waive it and then I'll just charge you an annual fee in your account based on whatever services that I provide. Okay. Got you. Oh. All right, then. So, speaking of saving, and, um, you know, I gave quick a look because she just looks at her 401k constantly, Mm -hmm. and I don't understand I saw it it this morning. But (laughs) a lot of us, especially, you know, you got the old school parents up at that retirement, we live and die by that 401k. My stepdad. (laughs) <laughs> so what do you tell that person that's thinking about re- withdrawing due to like losing money with what's going on right now? All right. The question would be for me, mm-hmm. why do you need to withdraw the money? Is it a mm-hmm. dire need? Mm-hmm. Have you not worked in the last four or five months? And you need money. Mm-hmm. Cool. Then I would say, well, what's your first access point that you have? Savings account. Do you have any money that we can pull out of there first? Don't have it cool as going to the 401k. Can we leverage the COVID-19 uh, guidelines to pull money out? Mm-hmm. If we can, cool, great. Let's go ahead and get it. But because there's no, what's the benefit of that? There's no penalty right. for pulling money out. If you've been furloughed, mm-hmm. um, been laid off with some other guidelines based, yes. based on COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So okay. they're like to access it. So but there are no penalties for no, it. Yeah, no yeah. Penalties. Still got to pay taxes because mm-hmm. next year Uncle Sam will hit you with that tax bill. Got to mm-hmm. pay it. Yeah. But there's no right or wrong way. Mm-hmm. It's why are we doing? Because mm-hmm. you only retire one time. That's it. Mm-hmm. I would rather you not touch that for the longest possible mm-hmm. than touch anywhere else just because we need that mm-hmm. down the line. Okay. Now, what are your thoughts on overfunding retirement accounts? So, you know, I guess for those who don't know, overfunding would be if they match let's say they match 6% and right. you put in more than that 6% okay so because you use retirement accounts I'm use IRAs too you, okay. you can overfund the IRA okay mm-hmm. if you overfund the IRA you will pay a 6% penalty to Uncle Sam he gonna get that mm. <laughs> so, in that year yep so you cannot put in more than 6000 a year into either a Roth or traditional IRA anything above that you will pay a penalty on right as you as your income grows, you're limited on how much you can put into a Roth IRA. I think the law has changed this year, so once you make it around, around 120, 125 a year filing single, mm-hmm. that's 6,000 decreases. Once you hit like 135, 140, you can no longer put money into a Roth IRA. And if you decide to, you're going to get penalized for it. That's petty. Yeah. <laughs> now, the 401k, overfunding that, the most you can put in is 19,500. If your company matches 4% and you put in 8%, you now put in 4% more than what they're going to match you at. Mm-hmm. So that means that once you retire, that much you put in will be taxed more than what your employer put in. So you could have took that 4% and put it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You still got the match from your employer, mm-hmm. maybe into a Roth IRA, where it's tax-free in retirement. So overfunding a 401k is never my first go-to because of... I'm thinking 30 years down the road, can I save you on taxes? Right. Because we know the taxes have normally went up Mm -hmm. year by year over history. So if I can save you 30 years down the road, cool, let's do that. Mm -hmm. Because once you retire, you're not working anymore. Mm -hmm. You can't control what's coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have clients that make a certain amount of money that are single, no kids, and need that deduction in their 401k. Mm. So it makes sense for them to do that mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It's mm-hmm. more beneficial for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So for that person, like you mentioned the 30 years down the road. Mm-hmm. So that person who is nearing retirement or has retired, how can they protect their current investments in a 401k? So like, I don't know whether it's changing their ratio structure mm-hmm. or what can they do as they're at a different point. Definitely change your uh, structure of the ratios where you're going to be more bond-based, more cash-based, less in the stock market because um, you're going to have less volatility. Now, the bad thing about it is you won't earn as much, mm-hmm. but you're in retirement, so earning money from your investment isn't the number one approach anyway. Right. Um, so you should be at a point where I'm now taking income out and I need to make sure I have steady income coming out from my investment and not during a volatile moment. Because what can happen is that if you keep your money in the stocks too long, and let's say your portfolio loses 10%, and you normally take out 4% for mm-hmm. income. Mm-hmm. It's a 14% hit now during a down market. Mm-hmm. 
because you got to account for the market being down, your normal withdrawal. That money could run out of run out faster. Mm-hmm. Now versus it lasting 20 years, it may only last 15, 12 years. Mm. So always adjust your allocation the older you get to preserving the capital. So is there any way that, because I know, I mean, thankfully with what happened in the pandemic, the 401ks kind of bounced back relatively quickly. Yep. Mm-hmm. But in the initial beginning when people <laughs> were looking at those 401ks, like, you know, I was even even looking at my mother, like how much her 401k dropped. And it was just like, scary. yeah, but for, you know, there was, there have been times where the 401k didn't bounce back, you know, in, you know, other situations, people just couldn't handle, they couldn't mentally, physically handle it and mm-hmm. took themselves out of here because they just couldn't see that drop. But is there any way to be able to protect yourself if you have retired for those kind of situations? Because I'm assuming at that time you can't really change your... There because it's is. not income going into it. Okay. Right. So if, if if we think about this, the people that are, are retired now, if you retired back in 08, you've survived two crises. Right. Mm. The recession, is it the mm. recession? Mm-hmm. And not the pandemic. Right. Mm-hmm. You did not see that coming 65 years ago, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> right. At all. So at retire, once you turn 59 and a half, you can move your money anywhere you want to move it in or out of the 401k. Mm. So maybe you want to build in that guaranteed bucket of money mm-hmm. at 59 and a half using your 401k, where I'm going to take a portion of this out and put it into a guaranteed investment that I know no matter what happens in the economy, I'm mm-hmm. going to have that money and income off of mm-hmm. it as well. Mm. So you can start doing that as you get into retirement. Without being penalized. Without being penalized, gotcha. yeah. Okay. okay. Hmm. All right. Like it. So, five two nines. <laughs> um, so, five two nines, first tell them what a five two nine is. It is a college savings plan okay. um, that is used just for college. Mm-hmm. And that okay. is it. It's a great way to uh, give that gift to the newborn mm-hmm. coming out that you want to start putting money away mm-hmm. for their college uh, expectations. And so, every state has a five two nine, correct? Almost, at least almost every state. Yeah, if not everyone, at least 95% of them do. And for the 529, so if I lived in North Carolina, it doesn't mean I have to have a North Carolina 529. You can shop around. Um, But can you tell about some, like, of the benefits of shopping around? I know for for me, I decided to get uh, out-of-state 529 um, because when I started looking at the one that I had for North Carolina, it was just too many stipulations Mm -hmm. um, with what he can use and how I would be penalized if he didn't use it for those exact things. And then as it was growing, it just didn't grow as well um, as the out-of-state one that I use now. But, like, some of those red tape measures, like you said, you have to use it for college, and Mm -hmm. if you don't, how, how, how do they charge you or penalize you um, on the back end. Gotcha. So a lot of them are built differently based on how they want to invest in the fund Mm -hmm. for the 529. So the growth isn't amazing. um, And there are stipulations based on the state that you get it in. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not fully dove into that yet because mm-hmm. I don't for me I don't want to charge you for that like right. you just go get online right. look it up do your thing it's mm-hmm. all good right. <laughs> um, but the good thing about 529 is that they transfer for kid to kid mm-hmm. so let's say one kid gra- graduates high school doesn't want to go to college cool use it for kid number two mm-hmm. no problem now let's say kid number two doesn't want to go to college but you want to use that money for somebody mm-hmm. to use well mm-hmm. if you do not use it for college expenses you will pay taxes on it and the penalty on it you may not care about that. Your bracket may not be that high. I don't know. <laughs> right. um, but it has the benefit of, 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 well, the downfall, of course, is also that when they apply for financial aid, mm-hmm. if they do go to college, that will show up. Mm-hmm. So that may limit some qualifications depending on your timeline of when you file for mm-hmm. FAFSA right. and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Because the school wants to see what do you have saved up before I give you this, free, this, this money. Right, 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 right. right, right. I got to see what you got first, what mm-hmm. your mom and them got. Mm-hmm. Two-year look back period, you know. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you all that. All that. <laughs> so it, 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 it limits you only to college mm-hmm. versus let me give you a transferable plan that allows you to use whatever you want to use it for mm-hmm. still with some benefits of maybe being tax free uh, tax uh, deferred growth and mm-hmm. all that good stuff okay so, and I know a lot of people use insurance. I know you said before you didn't want to sell no insurance. But <laughs> yeah, I did, I did, I did, I did. A lot of people use insurance as like an investment tool for a child. How, like explain that concept. Like how does that work as opposed to maybe a 529? Okay. So I'm going to give you the Rockefeller's approach. There's a okay. book called, you all should write this down, um, 
if I were the Rockefellers, I think is what it's called. I'm going to get back to you on that. So let's say a child is born. Mm-hmm. You want to start a savings plan for the child. Mm-hmm. You can put insurance on them. All right. Mm-hmm. That insurance lasts in a lifetime as long as you pay for it. Mm-hmm. This is whole life insurance. Whole life insurance. Yes, yes, whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, as it grows, it earns, it earns cash value, all that good stuff. When they turn 18, they may not want to go to school. They may want to go move to New York and be a... Uh, Chicago people that do, that do style work, uh, uh, stylist or something, mm-hmm. somewhere in the in the fashion industry. Fashion okay. designer. You can take that money and mm-hmm. pay for the expenses, pay them income for a few years until they get on their feet. Mm-hmm. It can be used for buying their their car to get their plane ticket, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's still not taxed. It's still tax free, regardless of how you use it. Mm-hmm. So it does not have a guideline attached to it to leverage the cash value for the living benefits out of it. Even if you want to go to school, cool. FAFSA won't see that money because it doesn't show up because mm-hmm. it doesn't get registered the same way as other investment products do, mm-hmm. right? So now you make a max out on what I qualify for college, plus have a bucket of money that I can use maybe pay me myself some income while I'm in school, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so the, the 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 benefit of the life insurance allows you to one take care of the life insurance piece and the cash value piece. But if we're talking legacy move, say okay, my granddaughter has this policy on her we used it it's still good she took money out when she needed it you don't have to put it back if you don't want to could you have the way mm-hmm. let's say when she passes in 85 years it could be worth two three million dollars by now mm-hmm. guess what that money can go back into the family pot now the family pot buys insurance on every child that's born to allow them to use the cash value in the pot for school for living for retirement for travel how do you want to use mm-hmm. it for? You've now put that money into what they call a trust. Mm-hmm. So the trust just pays for everything else for everybody while the bodies replenish it with the insurance. Mm-hmm. So now it becomes a a legacy deal mm-hmm. off of it. And it's just more broad than any other individual investment can give you. Hmm. And so when you're saying, like the money you're saying from the insurance, you're talking about like the growth that over time, like the dividend. So the living the- growth is a dividend component of mm-hmm. it, or you can put it in the market. Okay. Or you can do interest rates. You can do it however you want to do okay. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the living benefit piece is for you to use while you're alive, while the death benefit piece goes into the pot and you're passing. Okay. Which is completely in, just for people, just completely in separate diff- from the premium that yes. you're paying. Right, 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 right. Treat it like you do with a mortgage. If you mm-hmm. bought a 30-year mortgage, you know you're not going to have that thing paid off for 30 years. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as it grows, as you pay it off, you get equity built up into it. Mm-hmm. Your equity is going to be your insurance. Gotcha. Living benefit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And real quick, because I know this is a whole other subject for another day, <laughs> but just, you know, quick mention whole life. And I just, I don't like to operate as if everyone has that fam foundational mm-hmm. knowledge right, 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 so right. what are the different types of insurance in terms of whole life versus what uh, is that so I'm gonna keep it simple so you yes. have like a few of them so you have term insurance you have whole life insurance mm-hmm. you have universal life insurance and variable universal life insurance okay you also have what they call IULs index universal life but I won't go that deep into that one just yet <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the way variable universal life insurance works is you're gonna pay a premium alright if something happens to you, I'm going to cut a check to your family for whatever the death benefit is. Mm-hmm. All right? But because we know you're young, you're going to live a long time, based on mortality, you have a living benefit attached to it. That living benefit is called cash value, mm-hmm. and it's based on the market. So however you invest in the market in that, that's how it's going to determine its growth. Mm-hmm. All right? So we know that when the market is up, everyone's happy, earning mm-hmm. money, having a good time. Mm-hmm. When the market is down, you're now losing money, you're losing cash value and death benefit. But if the timeline is right, we know that the market has always outpaced inflation since day one for the mm-hmm. most part, right? So if you have the time to invest in it, you're going to get more bang for your buck in that one. All right? Just don't look forward in five, six, seven years. Right. Give it time to do its thing. Universal life is based on interest rates. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get the same death benefit and the cash value is based on interest rates. So usually when the market is up, the Fed's decrease rate. Rates, when the market is down, the Fed's increase rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of it, only because it can be kind of trickery if you don't watch it. Mm -hmm. So universal life policies have a wrap of um, lapsing. So you got to watch it year by year because the company's going to guarantee you an interest rate Mm -hmm. while you're going to earn the market rate. Mm -hmm. If the market rate ever drops below the guaranteed rate, you've got to put more money in to make up for a low interest rate environment. Hmm. Because if not, it could lapse Hmm. over time. All that money's gone. (laughs) 
Term insurance is probably the cheapest in the industry across mm-hmm. the board with any company. Right. You pay a, pre- pay a premium like 10, 30 bucks, mm-hmm. bucks a month, get a million dollars of coverage, you're good. Mm-hmm. It may last you 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. But what the company knows is you're not going to die in that time frame. The mm-hmm. banking on mortality holding true, mm-hmm. you're going to pay this premium and never use it. Mm-hmm. So now when your time is up, you got to requalify. Mm-hmm. You can be 10 years older, 20, 30 years older. Health could have changed. You know, now that's going to cost you an arm and a leg to, to right. requalify for this insurance. Right. They're going to tax you on it. And you don't pay it all this year. And all that money's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, whole life is it gives you the same death benefit, but the components are based on the dividend structure and the guaranteed uh, cash value. So depending on what company you're with, and I won't drop any names, the <laughs> dividend is going to be more consistent and more geared towards the asset of it versus just saying we're doing it just to be doing it. Right, because the dividend payout is, is consistent and always on the up and up. You're going to get more cash value over time. But they're also building the floor saying we're going to guarantee this minimum no matter what. Because mm-hmm. no company has to pay a dividend, whether it's Apple, Google, whoever. Mm-hmm, doesn't have mm-hmm. to. But to keep the investors happy, they pay right, it right. and to keep everything flowing good. Mm-hmm. So it's in their best interest, too, to keep everybody on the up and up. Right. So the whole life policy, the only way it would expire is if you just don't pay. If you stop paying on it, then it's done. But you can always get it back within a certain window. Okay. They have what they call a, uh, not a free look. What's it called? There's a there's a, a window that you can miss and still pick it back up if you pay the lump sum that you owe. Okay. okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, AJ, is there any other insight that you would like to give listeners going through right now in terms of their coins that we haven't covered? Just any last um, insights or ideas that you would want to tell people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'll say, you know, taking all the information that's out there, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of knowledge. I think there's less wisdom only because it's all just practical right now no one's really applied it and can give you a true mm-hmm. outlook on it what it looks like so take in the knowledge but also don't be afraid to apply it a little bit at a time mm-hmm. you don't have to go from zero to 60 like mm-hmm. do a little bit per month just to get the feel for it see what it's like put your big toe in the water right you know? it's okay <laughs> it's not gonna kill you <laughs> mm-hmm. um but really sit down and try to put a plan together like if you want to be the person that wants to trade cool put a plan around that so you don't miss out for me i'd rather you have it and not need it than need it and not have it because mm-hmm. once you get 30 years down the road you can't go back 30 years like it, that's it <laughs> you did what you did and you had mentioned trading before so you were saying it's like is there a difference between trading and day trading or are they the same thing same thing for the most okay. part yeah same thing Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, AJ, we want to thank you for being with us. Tell the people you. where they can find you on social. Very well. No, I'm saying, uh, <laughs> Y'all really care about it. I know y'all have heard of AJ. If you is, Charlie, he really is everywhere. On Instagram, I am AJAY underscore 110. Uh, on Facebook, I am AJ, Anthony AJ Gladney. On LinkedIn, I am Anthony AJ Gladney, and I just got a uh, Twitter account not too long ago. Okay. I don't know how to. I mean, Bluebird. something like that. <laughs> I, I don't have a. I don't have a Twitter. And so. my Twitter, I think, is AJAY110. And we'll okay. definitely have his information yeah. in our show notes, of <laughs> yes. course, and all his features. All right, and so we are going to get into our dear diva letters, and we invite AJ to answer since we it love is having a male perspective. Yes. <laughs> curveball <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any questions for us or you would like to hear from us you can email us at diva advice at gmail.com that is d-i-v-a a-d-v-i-c-e diva at gmail.com so this episode's letter goes dear divas my girlfriend is a spender and i'm a saver Whew. I like to save half my check if I can, while if she had her way, she'd spend all but the bill money. What are top tips you give for a couple with different theories on spending money? What do you think we can adopt to keep from wringing each other's neck as we get serious and combine funds? What are top mistakes you see in couples like us, and how can I get her to save more? Love, Anonymous. Mm, blessed be the rock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> salvation. So I've sat in on a few appointments with some couples mm-hmm. where it was very dramatic. There was mm. a spender and there was a saver. Uh, and the spender didn't bring in what they were spending, which is very interesting. Very interesting. Um, there's got to be a common ground somewhere. Like we got to have a, 
understanding, okay, how much do you need to spend to feel good about whatever it is you're spending money on? Mm-hmm. All right. From that, how can we allocate a plan that would maybe give you somewhere around that mm-hmm. to where we're not taking all of the finances per month? Because I don't want anyone to feel like I'm trying to choke them. Mm-hmm. I don't want mm-hmm. you to feel like I'm trying to tie you down. And No, I want you to feel free. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the scenarios of what it looks like if you do it and don't do it. Mm-hmm. And then my, I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to have a conversation about, okay, maybe we need to have one account just for the bills. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have your separate accounts. Mama always said, listen, baby, get your own account, because I know she got one, too. <laughs> so that might be something you need to do. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, if that's going to keep the peace and keep everybody happy, mm-hmm. separate all your, all your accounts. Like, mm-hmm. house money goes in one account, separate money goes in another account. And if, yeah. if one part does not save, then, hey, that's it is what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to be willing, though, as the other partner to say, you know what? If they don't save, I'm going to be the fallback on this. And mm-hmm. if you're cool with it, Hey, okay. Mm. Right. I'm always going to play on the fence and give you both sides and say, if it were me, this is what I would do. Right. Okay. <laughs> and that's what you would do. That's what I would do <laughs> if it were me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So for me, I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing. I definitely think there's usually a very emotional component, a mental component to a person who just spends and cannot stop spending like the whole habit of it some people just haven't been taught right Mm -hmm. um that's how they were raised you just saw people i mean amazon god bless you but Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know there i have i have seen the pictures of people just have boxes of boxes sitting out on the porch this is not the stuff that's in the house right just because it's a habit so some people just have a um I don't want to call it a hoarding habit, but they just have to swipe. They ha- yeah, it's very impulsive, and it's not a need-based thing. Um, so I would tackle that, try to try to tackle that through, I don't know, however you want to do it, through counseling or whatever, if there is some kind of mental component to see why the spending habit is done. Because obviously it sounds like you've talked to this person, and now y'all kind of just at, at a head and mm-hmm. you don't know what to do so um, outside of that I definitely agree with AJ as far as getting um, a bill account and having separate accounts I'm a huge fan of having separate accounts um, and then the person that is the saver I mean you can try to first of all talk in love um, it's very easy to to be condemning and look down upon mm-hmm. somebody when you're the saver Mm -hmm. Um, and when your financial habits are better Mm -hmm. to talk down to someone so you can never draw someone to a side that you want in doing it in an unpeaceful and unhealthy way Mm -hmm. Um, and it can get very frustrating but in in doing so and having separate accounts you also can't be an enabler Mm -hmm. Um, when that person decides that they have run out of their money and they come to you with as I'm learning these puppy dog eyes, <laughs> you know, and these stories of why, like, you can't fund them. You mm-hmm. can't give them the money mm-hmm. because as long as they know that there's a pot or somewhere to go, mm-hmm. there's no incentive for them to do better. Yeah. So that would be my thing. Don't enable, go to, you know, counseling and see if there's an emotional component and make sure you get separate accounts. And mm-hmm. savers are emotional, too, because they are emotional to what they see in that account. And I don't ever want it to go less than that and right. they're hard to deal with sometimes because yeah. they don't want to break that cycle of what I've been doing to maybe even benefit a plan behind that yeah. mm-hmm. hard. it's hard yeah um so as a recovering spender I would say <laughs> I would say definitely sit down perhaps with an AJ and just figure out a budget because I don't think I think a lot of times when you hear spend is automatically Bad, And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily bad because you do have to spend on certain things. Yeah, it's right. just, okay, what are you buying? Is it adding value? Mm-hmm. So I know personally, like as a as a new homeowner, a lot of times that I spend on now, I can see the value mm-hmm. in it. It's not like I just like, you have something to I show was for. on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I spent this money, but I needed blinds. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so I it, it kind of scratches that itch a little bit when you do want to buy something. It's like, <laughs> well, buy something that's adding to mm-hmm. your value, adding to in terms of your assets value things like mm-hmm. that so um i would definitely say for sure sit down with someone and say okay what are your numbers and what can you like you said what can you spend in terms of if you just want to go shop or buy something what does that number look like each month or if you want to break it down to week whatever psychologically works because mm-hmm. some people are bi-weekly versus weekly whatever um and then the same thing with savings i do think i mean both of you need to save but like you said i think 
if you all are a couple that's about to become a unit in terms of you know the question was saying as you grow serious Mm -hmm. so if you're about to operate as a unit then sometimes just like with chores you have people assign roles Mm -hmm. and what works so as AJ was saying if you're comfortable being the one who is responsible for the savings or you just telling her okay give me X amount out of your check and I'm gonna handle that over here then that might be something that helps you and helps both of you Mm -hmm. stay in a comfortable um, mode and that also is her saving because technically she gave you a little bit money (laughs) to put to the side so I I think yeah I would definitely just sit down and run the numbers and understand okay what can you safely you know allocate for whatever it is she's buying Mm -hmm. and then what needs to be um, taken care of from a responsibility aspect yeah Mm-hmm. As long as she ain't messing up your credit, I mean, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really healthy that you guys are having the conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. always the healthiest part. Instead of you know putting blinders on and acting like it's gonna change. Yeah, I do for sure. <laughs> so good luck, anonymous. And as we said, you can email diva advice at gmail dot com, mm-hmm. and we are here to answer all of your questions. All right. So quick does not have a tip, but I just wanted to toot AJ's horn and. Get Give a quick tip to uh I don't think we discussed uh wine and market. So what we is that? Yes. Oh yeah. So of course with the pandemic's been on the whole, couldn't really do it. But mm-hmm. my wine and market, I did the first one last November. And mm-hmm. just a way for me to kind of, you know, be visible in mm-hmm. the city um and to provide a space of networking opportunity, just kind of coming together after work, having some wine, and I would talk about what's going on in the in the market, mm-hmm. new, hot news, what does this mean, what to look out for. Uh, I think in November, we talked about how last year, I think, was uh, historically the most money was not in the market Mm. from a cash standpoint. And they were talking about how people were waiting for the market to drop Mm. to make a buy when it does. And just so happened the pandemic hits like six Mm -hmm. months, six months later. And now people were buying Mm -hmm. all that stuff for the low, low. (laughs) So my wine and market is just a way for me to kind of, you know, get out, get out into the community and, um, you know, talk about finances, current news, uh, Mm -hmm. laws changing. We talked about the taxes, tax laws changing in January. Um, we talked about the new IRA laws where now if parents pass with the IRA, you've got 10 years to spend it all. Mm, so wow. if you make $100,000 a year, mm-hmm. but mom didn't lift you a million dollars in the IRA, you've got 10 years to spend that money on top of your 100k a year in taxes. Mm. So now you've got a bigger tax bill. So yeah, all that good stuff we talked about. Yeah. But the wine and markets are fun. They're very... Uh, now, how often do you have them? Uh, once a quarter. Okay. I have not decided if I want to pick it back up the same way in, okay. when everything opens up. I okay. may do a different version of it, but I'll still keep the same, you know, concept and structure. Okay. Everyone enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, sounds yeah. exciting. Yeah. Okay. Now, anything wine, with wine. Yes. Yeah, so right. We had games, you know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That and sounds exciting. And they can exciting. see wine and market on your socials? So, wine and market is on my Facebook page. Okay. W- I-N-E and market. Uh, yeah. Post pictures there all the time. Cool. Okay. Be good all right. So that'll be the tip. Y'all yeah. look at wine and market. Mm-hmm. And please keep us posted online. when it comes back and however it comes, whatever format it comes back. I got to bring one to Charlotte because yeah. I had them in Greenville the last two times. Okay. okay. Pretty so, cool. Yeah. That sounds all awesome. Right. All right, y'all. Well, that wraps this week's episode. Be sure to follow us. We are on Instagram and Facebook divas and ducats mm-hmm. you can also check out our website www.divasandducats.com so stay safe out there until the next time thank you for tuning in dnd fam have a great attitude bye